Hello, my name is Adam Eason. Welcome to episode 32 of Hypnosis Weekly. Hello hypnosis friends and a warm welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Once again in my own highly biased opinion I think I have an inspired standing ovation of a show lined up for you today. In a short while I'll be sharing with you an interview with Tim Cummings. Then I'll be looking at the hypnosis in the news stories, examining the media where the hypnosis is featured. I'm going to offer up some personal subjective commentary on the way hypnosis is portrayed in the media, but also comment on some of the content of those media stories. We then return with our professional discussion with my guest Tim Cummings this week. We shall be exploring the topics of motivation, inspiration, drive and being the owner of a constant source of enthusiasm and zest for life. We'll round things off with this week's hypnosis factoid before I bid you farewell for another week. As I say at the beginning of every Hypnosis Weekly episode, this podcast is something that I want to encompass a feeling of embracing diversity, celebrating the field of hypnosis and encouraging friendly, professional, enjoyable discussion and debate, as well as doing its best to inform and educate I do not share the same stance as most of our guests and at times have major differences in approach and leaning, but all are incredibly lovely people who I'd happily talk with until late in the pub and all of whom, following their time here on Hypnosis Weekly, I have a great deal of respect for. If you have questions, queries, thoughts or feedback, do get in touch via the Hypnosis Weekly website. All the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted at each episode on the website www.hypnosis-weekly.com. That's hypnosisweekly with a hyphen in the middle dot com. You can add your thoughts, comments and make any suggestions there too. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else to help us reach more of the Hypnosis community. It's greatly appreciated. So first of all today is this week's interview. I am humbled and honoured to be welcoming Tim Cummings to Hypnosis Weekly. Now, I first met Tim Cummings in a pub in the East End of London a number of years ago. He was being chaperoned by Anthony Jacquin and Kev Sheldrake, the brilliant head-hacking guys, and a number of other very cool people were there at the time too. Kevin Anthony showed me some bite-sized clips of the man on their phone for a fun app they were designing at the time. It was motivational snippets spoken by this man who seemed to be a human incarnation of the word motivate. The clips were, of course, of Tim Cummings. As soon as I met Tim a few minutes later, he was with me as he is with everyone humble and completely interested in what you had to say. He listened, asked questions and was incredibly friendly, funny, energised, laughed a lot. A real joy to be with. As just about everybody else who meets him would say, I think, I found it hard not to fall in love with him and his manner. He came to watch me present in London later that evening and he whooped and applauded as I was introduced. I met him a couple more times in real life at conferences since then and he is the same always always so willing to listen and learn, yet with so much to offer the rest of us. Tim does not necessarily lecture in the way in which I do. The lessons I learn from him are by how he is, how he 
communicates, how he loves, how he shares and his unflinching ability to make all around him feel good about themselves. Those lessons are so valuable. I just wanted to get him on the show for more people to learn lessons from how he lives each moment of his life to the full. And we'll go into that in more detail later on in the show. But for now, get comfy, my friends, turn up the volume, sip on your tea, enjoy this week's octane fueled interview. So, as I've just been discussing, I am here and joined today by the one and only Mr. Tim Cummins. Tim, welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. I can't think of anything better than being here talking about hypnosis with the Adam Eason. <laughs> yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. I, 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 I was already pumped and feeling more positive than usual as a as a result of 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 speaking to you for a couple of minutes before we just started recording. Yeah. Um, right, I'm going to roll my sleeves up then. So tell us. How did you how do you get into this field? Tell us a bit about your background and about how you've arrived at where you are now. Well, I guess my first experience with hypnosis, I didn't even know what's hypnosis to be to be honest with you. I come from the to this field from a science background. I like the idea of how the brain works. I like the uh, I first got into this with Silva Mind Control, uh, a guy from Texas that uh, was talking about different brain state levels, the theta levels, which is, you know, the deepest kind of brainwave frequencies all the way down to delta when you're kind of unconscious. And these ideas of going into an alpha or theta rhythm state, having different kinds of abilities with your brain, that really attracted me. And they had a kind of a common countdown, you know, pretend you're going downstairs, which, I mean, we've all used in self-hypnosis for, for years and years. But that was my first experience with it about being able to go into a, um, a different level of mind. And like I said, I was really interested in the science behind it. Yeah. And I had galvanic skin response meters and things wow. like that to, to track, you know, how that was. Uh, so that I could do it, and then I—I uh, I guess my next biggest, wa- uh, biggest influence was uh, NLP with Bandler and Grinder. Uh, yeah. His transformation book I thought was great. Practical ways how he did it, breaking down the language, uh, and and I and honestly I love the old classics. I'm looking again at the Hypnotism book by George Easterbrooks, which yeah. was you know, like from the 40s, you know, which. You know, anytime anybody starts saying, well, we've discovered something new in hypnosis, I'm like, yeah, I kind of remember that chapter from, <laughs> from the 40s, so I don't think it's, it's really all that new. And to be honest with you, uh, some of the modern influences, uh, I know you've had Anthony Jackwin on your show. Yeah. I, had, uh, I did study with Igor Litohovsky, he's a good friend of mine, yeah. and I asked Igor, well, where do you think? Who do you think I should go to to work with now? And he said, "Well, Anthony Jackwin, Kev Sheldrake, they're doing some really interesting work, and that's the direction I think you might want to go." Uh, so, I've, of course, I've studied Rip, and and you know, I guess this last trip I just had with Anthony in uh, Nashville, in Kentucky, that was our tenth time together. So, yeah, yeah, we've we've had good, and and of course, I've learned a lot from you and Gary and and James. So, I think that any time. 
you say, well, this was my influence back then. Yeah. And you're not keeping current on what's going on, the new thinking of what's happened, and I think you've missed the boat. And so that's some of my background, but uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see where neurology and neuroscience and uh, hypnosis, meditation, self-hypnosis, which you're the guru for doing all that, Adam, and yeah. we appreciate all your great work too, man. That's kind of my background, buddy. Great, great, great. So let's... Um, I, I'm. Let's go for that challenging question and tell me, um, um, how do you define hypnosis and, and how did you arrive at that definition? And, um, you know, how, how do you explain it to others when they ask you about it? Well, you know, honestly, I don't use the word hypnosis very much anymore, sure. Adam. Sure. Uh, I, my definition of hypnosis is any time you've got ramped up emotions with a clear focus and somebody starts giving you directions or suggestions, that's hypnosis. Mm. So, I mean, even when I'm sitting watching the television, and you'll get these these advertisements, the one that always used to break me up was, you know, uh, the guy who decides to call his mom, and, oh, mom, I miss you so much, and here I'm over here, like, you know, I start kind of tearing up, you know, and I get the phone out and think, man, I need to make a call. You know, I'm like, damn, I did, it just hypnotized me right then in 30 <laughs> seconds to do something. So I think anytime you ramp up emotion, that whole prefrontal cortex starts to kind of shut off. You're no longer mm. thinking about what it is. You're just feeling it. And when somebody ramps it up and can very clearly point you in one direction and then say, now you feel this. Feel good, Adam. Right now. Do it. <laughs> You just can't have a, a, you know, so the whole idea of uh, sleep, you know, are you still that right, Adam? Anyway, (laughs) yeah, uh, you know, that kind of thing. I think it has its place when I do group work, which is what my main thing is now. Yeah. um, I almost always do a a, a full body relaxation. So I break the body up, do your, you know, relax your feet, your calves, your thighs and relax your stomach and your chest. Relax your arms, relax your neck, relax your face, and then I do a scan down all the way through that. Yeah. I think that still has a place in in our therapy work, you know. Uh, yeah. Tra- I mean, I don't think hap- hypnosis is a trance state necessarily, uh, but I do think that if you can, you know, put their body in a more relaxed state, you know, and then tell them you're going into your inside world and this is what's going to happen and here you do. I think it, it still is very effective. So that's yeah. what I normally do that with some visualization things and then just giving them straight out. Here's what's going to happen. and This is how you're going to feel. This is what's going to do. Yeah. Uh, so I don't I don't back off on the real strong direct suggestions either, brother. Mm, mm. Um, um, I, I loved hearing that. And um, um, you spoke about some of your major influences, um, um, Anthony, who I know, you know, thinks thinks equally as highly of you, um, um, and, and you you touched upon a couple of books and a couple of teachers. Then, um, um, would you mind expanding upon that a little bit? Tell us about some of the teachers that have been most influential upon you, and perhaps perhaps the reasons why. I mean, you mentioned Igor and Anthony. Perhaps tell us a little bit about what it was that that sort of led you in their direction, and what it was that you enjoyed about that. Well. Igor is a master of marketing. I, I, he's a terrific teacher, a wonderful guy. That guy does more marketing than any other hypnotist that I'm aware of. And mm. so I became aware of his conversational hypnosis course. And mm. I, I listened to that. 
I was influenced by that. Of course, I'm the kind of guy that does stuff, Adam. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people will talk about stuff. I actually contacted him, you know, and we we developed a relationship. Of course, I'm a pretty intense person, like, yeah, baby, yeah, you know. And, and so he says, well, Tim, you know, hey, would you mind doing a promo for, you know, what you learned? I'm like, well, yeah, baby, give me Carl up. I yell at the microphone. Yeah, baby, that's what's doing. Ow, ow. So he he liked what I did. And so he said, well, uh, listen, I'm doing a, I'm doing a, a – uh, a course in New York, I'd like you to be there as my guest. So I was like, well, hey, sounds good to me, man. So I did the course, and I thought there was a lot that I learned from it, the idea of storytelling, which I'm, mm. I, I, I think a good storyteller, and you're a terrific storyteller, Adam. You know, you start telling stories and stuff, it just, what's it doing? Especially store, sports stories. And as I'm looking at you while we're doing this Skype, and I can see you're happy and running, that's a, that's not normal. I mean, anybody that runs as much as you do, it looks like you're having fun. That's something's wrong, basically, with that picture. But anyway, I love what you're doing with there. But you start talking about how, you know, we were running down that thing, and I was just about to, the, I, I, I didn't know if I was at mile 24, and I didn't know whether I could go that last two miles. But I saw the guys around me, and they were cheering me on, like, yeah, <laughs> you could do this, Adam Eason. We love you, baby. And I kept going. You know, I didn't know whether I could make it. But, yeah, I thought I could do it. I saw the finish line. And we go over there. And I, we made it in the crowd. We're crazy. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> and that, that kind of feeling that you get when you charge yeah. into something like that, it just makes you feel good. <laughs> now, well, that's, that's the sort of stuff yeah. Igor's talk about. Tell stories. Ramp up emotions. Start telling them what to do. So that was a big one. But I tell you the truth. I didn't think of hypnosis being almost like a superpower no. until I started hanging out with Ant and yeah. Amit and Marcus and Kev. Yeah. And, you know, I started doing the trainings and helping, you know, lead trainings as, as you know, one of the, the trainers. And, you know, Adam, the first time you tell somebody, you, you put them in a, into this hypnosis – and then you tell them, I'm going to count to the three. When I count to three, I'm going to collect my fingers. And when, you, when I do that, you'll be able to hear my voice, but you will not see me. One, two, three. And they can't see you? <laughs> uh, I never saw anything like that in anything Igor did. Yeah. Nothing even came close to that. Mm. You know? And so that was some really eyebrow-raising stuff. You know, Invisibility, you're like, wait a second, this guy cannot <laughs> see me. Yeah. And I'm holding up this, you know, those Coke cans in my hand, and he's like, how's this floating in the air and stuff? And, you know, uh, that was a huge influence on me. And, uh, and, and I like what Ant has done, although if you read his book now, which is, you know, he and Jesse just finished the final edit on that. So it's, I think it's released now. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I, I like the way he, he has clearly codified do this do this do this do this and then this will be the reaction i think you have a great ability of doing that too uh uh, adam i think you're one of the best teachers around about being how to clearly explain what to do and then putting people into that Uh, the other thing that i think made ant and kev what they were doing head hacking so exceptional is you know when i would when i studied with igor you know, we had three days of listening. We did some practice, but you're still practicing with a bunch of guys that are at the conference. Yeah. What we did that was different with Ant is we went out and on the street and we're knocking people out. At, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and that's a whole different thing. You're realizing 
you know, there's no set or setting. You're just doing the stuff and bam. And it's, it's, it's very exciting to think how language can do that. And yes. I, like I said, I think uh, your abilities and your, you know, teaching and the, and the products that you've created to help people help themselves, I think is, is one thing that makes Adam Eason the champion that he is. Baby. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. I've got, I, I, I'm going to wear a medal later. I'm going to wear a medal into dinner with my family. That's how much of a champion I'm feeling. Amen, just as a result of our 10 minutes together so far. Now, so, so, so you've been out there. You've been out there and, and you, you know, you directly applied it on the trainings and so on. And you encounter a lot of people. Tell me what have been what have been one of the most or, or some of the most impressive applications of hypnosis that you've that you've witnessed yourself, Tim? Well, you know, sometimes well, first thing I want to say is this. Uh, I am of the belief that it's not something that I do. It's not like my abilities, maybe as a coach to help them draw that out of them. But, it, uh, you know, I I get a little bit uncomfortable talk about this because it, then it's like, Wow, look what Tim has done. Now he can do this to me. Well, sure. I don't know. You know, I, and I'm sure you've seen the same thing. Yeah, I get that. I understand well, that. You know, like, well, I, just one guy. I had a friend of mine. His name was Bob, and I've been working with him some, and he was a good, he was a good subject. And I, you know, I think one of the most important things to do when you start something is find out what exactly is that you want. What is it that, what's your goal here? You know, if you don't have a goal, you run up and down the field and you never score. So what was it? And he had some physical challenges in particular. He was having neck, a lot of neck pain. So put him in, and I'd already hypnotized him. So basically just said, look at your hand, you know, look at the spot on your hand. Look at one, you know, stuck his hand to the table, you know, right then they know something's going on, right? Yeah. I had him go inside, think about those muscles. I tell you, if there's one thing that's also influenced me a lot in doing this stuff, Adam, it's no the physiology it you know like if they're talking about neck pain pull up the app on your iphone and look at it are you talking about you know c4 here this this part of your you know being able to visualize that thing is critical i think in healing so i showed them some of the stuff and then started talking about the recuperative powers of your body your body yes. has an amazing way of healing itself. Just get out of the way of that and let that know. And think about thinking about that disc that's compressed. About it's almost like it's it's getting better, and you know it's less red. I think colors are really helpful for people. You know, think of that going from that red to that blue, getting more mobility. Think about how your neck was mo- you know working. You know, I work with them for you know five or ten minutes, and then you know wake them up. You know, and I think that's another thing that's really big with the hypnosis is that. Do a powerful wake up. Do it and go at it, man. You are just gonna feel awesome, baby, and every part of your body is just gonna be amazing. And you just, <laughs> you know, and just go at it, man. I don't think you can be too overblown with this stuff. And you know, he he finished up. You know, we got that. He was like, yeah, it's better. But later on, you know, I'm getting emails from him, just like, you know, this is a miracle. I, you know, my wife. You know, my kids can't believe how, how this is just, like, cured. And I'm like, well, Bob, again, this was nothing that I did. This is you being able to do this. It's your focus, your imagination, your body that did this. It's not something that I did to you. It's something that you do to yourself. So I try to take the monkey off my back of, you know, 
It's not like I lay hands on you and you're healed. It's not like that. It's powers that you have. Uh, but that one always, you know, strikes me yeah. Uh, yeah. As, as one of those things that was kind of hard to believe. You know, I don't want to, when somebody says, yeah, I'm cured, I don't want to go, wow, <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> no. You're always going to, yes, of course, that's your own <laughs> brain. But, I mean, don't you feel that way sometimes, too? Absolutely. Like, you're, kind of, you're, like, blown away by how, how is this even possible? I don't even know. Uh, you know, now, that's something that's physical that you can say, yeah, that's, that's great, Tim. You know, that, that's, that's a physical thing. But I, I tell you, the day in and day out stuff were, like, just yesterday – Adam, yeah. I have this little girl, and her, you know, she is like, I guess, in like first grade, right. and she's got this chart to fill out from one to a hundred. She's got to write the numbers down. I don't know if you remember <laughs> when when you learned that, but you mm-hmm. can imagine her native ta- native language is Spanish, so she's having to do a number of things. Not yeah. only figure out the numbers, but how do I say it in English, right? Yeah. So I was helping five or six kids at the same time, and I put her at the board, and I tried to explain some of the tens and the ones and how that works and stuff like that. So I was working these things. I go back up to the board to check on her work, and she's just standing there in front of that board with that dry erase marker crying. Yeah. Just tears rolling down because she can't figure it out. Uh. You know, when I go up to there and just say, baby... I said, let me tell you, you are a smart kid. You can get this. I know you can do this. You've learned other things in the past, and I know you can do this too. Your powerful brain is going to really start recognizing these patterns to see what's going on. It's going to become easier and easier for you. Every time you have a success, it's going to get easier and easier for you. Just like you did this, just like this, you're going to learn this. You're going to do it because you are awesome, baby. (laughs) <laughs> and you you just go full in on that sort of stuff. Now, you may say, well, that's not really hypnosis. You ramp up emotions. You give them a clear goal, and you start telling them what uh, – again, that fits pretty well with my – with my version of yeah. hypnosis. Yeah. And then you you know, then she comes back and I go back there a few minutes later and she started filling in these numbers. You could just see this physical change in her demeanor, Adam. Where it went from failure, I can't do this, this is impossible, I'm a failure to, yes, I can do this, yes, I can learn this, and by golly, I'm doing it, and Mr. Tim is right, I am awesome. And so I, you know, boy, if there was one thing I'd like to get out on this this podcast with you, Adam, because I know you are a mentor, a teacher to so many people, is I can't believe how many people have sat through trainings, have read the books, and have never done hypnosis with anybody. Yeah. All the time. And so, you know, and and because it's kind of hard to get into it, you know. You go up to a stranger, cold call, you know, I'm a performer around here. I'd like to do some stuff that, you know, Ant teaches and things. But still, that's not a lot of people's, you know, they're just not – all that extroverted but when you hear somebody that's got a problem and then you start using hypnotic techniques you don't even have to tell them it's hypnosis but when you start ramping up emotion telling those stories you know reminding them how awesome they are and how awesome you are adam easton for keeping (laughs) people going you know you just see this demeanor change yeah and people and and I think everybody can do that. If, if if they have a friend that says they've got a headache, you can do some simple relaxation stuff with them. 
you don't have to call it hypnosis because a lot of people got the fear of just that word. Mm. You know, I like to use, let's play mind. I, I got a lot, you know, James Tripp had a big influence on me too. The whole idea of let's play with this and let's, let's have some fun with this and let's do yeah. a mind game. I yeah, think that's I that. a great direction to come from. And everybody that's got this training, I, I, saying they have an obligation to use this technology may be a little bit strong. But I would my my you know opinion would be my advice would be just listen to when some of your friends sound like they have a problem that you know hypnosis can deal with. The two that come right off the bat are sleep issues and yeah. pain issues. Yeah, which which you know I know you are are really big on evidence based. Uh, you know what what does the science say behind this? And and I know those two have really good records as far yeah. as hypnosis working. So whenever you have a friend that's got a pain, just do a relaxation thing with them, do a color change with them. You know, something really simple. I love the whole idea of where's your pain level now? Oh, it's a nine. And then finish this and it goes down to a six or a four. They're like, wow, that was great. And then yeah. always put it back on them saying, this is something you did. This is not me this is you that did this and that's because you're awesome you can do it and you're bait you're you're go get them baby you know that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah so. absolutely you, you know you know you, you make you make a, a point that really resonated with me there um this idea of of having the skills having the knowledge and so on and not applying it a bit like you know, you know owning owning a top of the range ferrari and keeping it in your garage you so. know uh, uh, you know get out there and drive it um exercise it use it um Tim, if you could go back to when you started out learning about hypnosis and learning about this stuff, knowing what you know now, you know, is there anything you do differently? And if so, can you tell us about it? And is there any advice that the person that you are today um, would give that, that, that younger version of you? And would you extend that advice to, to the hypnotherapists and the hypnosis professionals that are listening in today? The thing I would say to people is hypnosis and again, you heard my definition, ramp up emotions, focus attention, and start giving directions, should be going on all the time, all mm. the time. I think when people say, I'm going to do hypnosis, it's like, okay, now now come in here, we're going to sit down, and now we are going to do hypnosis, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. you know, as opposed to just thinking, no, anytime I ramp up your emotions, anytime I start telling a story where you're going inside your head and visualizing you know adam running around and how he's feeling and stuff and anytime i start telling you and you will feel good now and you may start doing that sort of stuff so i would have told myself tim do this all the time just yeah. talk to people all the time anytime you see somebody that looks like they could need some help help them right then i mean you know, I'll, I'll be at Walmart. I don't know. Y'all got Walmart in the UK? I don't even know. Um, um, no, but I think we That's all know about it. You know, and, and I'll, be, uh, I'll, I'll be checking out and, you know, uh, paying for my stuff. And, uh, you know, you can tell because I know you're a people person, Adam. You can tell when somebody's having a problem or not feeling well or, or something like that. You know, they get that scrunched up you know forehead look and you you can tell they're just not feeling right mm. and i say well how you feeling sister because i'm everybody's friend adam <laughs> uh, you, you know that's just the way i yeah. am yeah and, you know and i'm like well how you feeling sister you know and i tend to call everybody brother and sister too i don't know why it's just one of them 
so how you doing, sister? She said, oh, you know, I've just got this terrible headache, you know, and it just really is bothering me. And, and I said, it's really interesting because I was just reading some research about headaches and was talking about how the relaxation can help with headaches. Just by taking a deep breath, you say those words, take a deep breath, and you inhale, and you know what everybody does around you? <laughs> they, they, they inhale. They all do the same thing, which is immediately you've, you've already, they're starting to do what you're telling them to do. They don't even know it's at subconscious level, right? Whatever subconscious or conscious or non-conscious, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, and just think, you know, I take that really good deep breath. And that oxygen starts to go up into my brain. And I just start to feel good. And I think about those muscles in my forehead. And I think about the tension in those muscles. And even as I'm thinking about them, I can start thinking about how that would feel if it relaxed. And that tension around my eyes, around my forehead, starts to relax. Now, I'll tell you something else I do, bro. When I'm, when I'm going at somebody, it's different from then when I'm when I'm just talking with them. When I'm really going at somebody, I just stare in their left eye. I just, I don't break my gaze. I'm looking at that one eye and it's like I want to look straight into that deep part of whatever it is inside of themselves that call themselves. It's like I'm going right into that. I don't break my gaze. I just focus on this. It's like something is, in my mind, I'm telling myself, something is going to happen right now. By golly, I'm going to do it, baby. You know? So I'm like, and, you know, and when I think about that, those muscles relaxing, it's almost like those tiny little capillaries, those little blood vessels. Well, they start to open up. You get that blood flowing through there. And, and I'm watching her as I'm talking about this. And you can see all the muscles in her face start to relax. Mm. And you can see she's going inside. You know, they get that kind of defocused look where they go inside and they're thinking about these little blood vessels and they think about those muscles. You know, and, I, and, and you know what the research says, and I always like to bring in the kind of the white lab coat effect, you know. Yeah. You know and what the research says is just by taking those deep breaths like that, and again, I'll do, and again, everybody around me in the line order, they all take the deep breath together. You know, is that that, that really makes a difference. Because you are in charge of your body, and you can make this go away just by your concentration, just by your relaxation, just like that. And then I'll kind of go into different tonality, like, yeah, so anyway, that's what the book said. And, <laughs> you know, I'll break my glance from her, Brilliant. and then she'll look at me, and they'll say, you know, I feel so much better. I just... <laughs> You know, it's just like that pain is gone. And I just kind of clap and go, yeah, that's because you're awesome, baby. You're a champion. You're a winner. And you can do this whenever you want to. And then I just go out on one after another. You can do this. This is going to be This is going to be easy for you. You can always do this. Whenever you want to do this, you go, and, uh, bam, 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 bam. Okay, thank you. Appreciate your patience. Gone. <laughs> so, and, and, and I do this sort of stuff all the time. I can remember another time I was at a store. You, you know, my background's in news, Adam. I used to work for CBS and CNN. And you can see when the, that look of terror that goes on in people. And whenever I see that look, I go into full-on news mode. You know, I just don't want to pull out the camera and say, what's going on right here? Because this looks like a story. <laughs> well, we had this, this very large African-American woman, and she had collapsed on the ground. And she had asthma. Well, the first thing I come over there, again, I'm the kind of person that actually does stuff. So I'm like, have you called EMS? Let's call 911. I sent my son outside. Wait for the ambulance outside, right? So I sat down with her, and she's like got this panicked look. I don't know if you had friends that have asthma, Adam, but yeah. 
I, I can't think of anything worse than that disease where you can't breathe. And the fear makes it worse. Yeah. So she was laying on the ground, you know, and could barely breathe and stuff like this. And I'm saying, sister, I want to let you know everything is going to be okay. And I like the idea of you use the voice that you would use with your pet dog or something when you want to make sure that it's okay. Or, baby, everything's going to be all right now. Everything is going to be good. And even now, as you're laying on this floor, you can feel that cold floor on your legs, can't you? So what happens? She stops focusing on this panic, starts focusing on awareness of something else. And you know what? You can even, as you, as you feel those things, you can feel your body start to relax. The tension that you're feeling can just go away. can just go away right now. Yeah. And as you, as you do that, you're going to start feeling easier to breathe. Well, you know, over time, the next five or ten minutes, she was breathing normally. And she's looking at me like, I, this is the first time I've ever had an asthma attack where I had no inhaler and I got over it. And I'm like, that's all again. That's all up to you. That's taking control of your body. You know, and I went at her. So, uh, again, that's, that's to say, you know, anybody who's done any of your trainings, Mm. Should be able to do that kind of thing at a at a moment's at a moment's speed. Just to sit down, help them focus on something else, help them to do some basic relaxation stuff like that. It works. This stuff works, yeah. and we ought to be using it all the time, Adam. And you know what? You know, I mean, this is really inspiring for me to hear um, as well because you know what? A lot of people consider things like asthma to be quite complex, quite challenging, quite sophisticated issues to have to deal with. Yet, you know, you've shown there um, what what the evidence suggests as well, because the evidence would suggest that, um, um, you know, helping to treat asthma and deal deal with asthma, uh, we have some of the most impressive uh, evidence to support that around. And, and it doesn't have to be really complex. It doesn't need to be really millions of levels of complexity and so on you know the the right attitude the right adoption of the skills and everything else that you've just demonstrated there um you know i think that's that's worth so much uh, that's so valuable what you just said um speaking of which i know i know at the top end of the show today you spoke a little bit about um, you know you had a background in science and so on tell me what are your thoughts about the sort of evidence-based approaches to hypnosis I think you need to go where the research says it's effective, and you know. But at the same time, as a science guy like you are, Adam, I know that you can look back in history and say that there was a time when they said hypnosis would not work on this stuff. Yeah, it just won't work. Yeah, and so you know, I I understand. Like for instance, I love the lab coat effect of saying, you know, researchers said pain can be controlled, sleeping can be controlled. I, I, you know, this is the study you can look at. You know, they're never going to look at the study, but you nod your head and you say it in an authoritative, authoritative mode. I think that in the future, when we look back at this time we're in right now, that we're going to see we are in a golden age. Of hypnosis and not just hypnosis but neurology the whole study of the brain and how language can affect physical things yeah just by talking yeah. just by talking you know so i i love that we need to you know read the research 
At the same time, I know also that push the edge of the envelope. We don't know whether this can work. (coughs) Excuse me. If you go at this stuff like it will work, then I, you know, I love Kirsch's work, the whole placebo thing. I did a podcast one time, the super mega placebo, you know, where you just go at them and tell them this stuff. I mean, the evidence says you give this person a pill and you tell them there is nothing in this pill. And they take that pill three times a day and they get better. I mean, that's that's what the evidence says. And you're looking at this like what has to be going on in order for that to work? And I think clearly it's something going on in your in your neural networks that has adopted this faith and a belief and stuff. So I really think the sky is the limit on this. Now, I don't put so much faith in it that I say, so you can blow off the doctor. Don't mm-hmm. worry about the doctor, you know, because the the fact of the matter is the doctor's doing hypnosis just by walking in the door and looking authoritative and it's got a degree. That's, that's like, hey, you know, we got faith in this now. I think in a certain respect, everything is faith healing. And, you know, when you talk to doctors, you talk about evidence base. When you talk to doctors about what the key variable is for recuperation of that patient, as I'm sure you know, it's the attitude of the patient. Mm. They could say, well, it's not, you know, surely this was this new medicine. Surely it was this new technique. Surely it was this new, you know, machine. And, yeah, that does play a part in it. But they can do the same thing with two people. And this person says, I'm going to get better. I've got something to live for. I'm going to kill. I'm going to, I'm going to kick this cancer. I'm going to do this. And that person recovers and lives a long life. And the other person who gets the exact same treatment does not. So much of the time, it's just your attitude about it, your belief that this can work. And I think that hypnosis can play a huge part of this. By going into those deep levels, those fundamental levels, and, and, and you know, I know there's levels, what is a level and not a level, and, you know, and yeah, are they yeah. really different. I, I, I tend to think that, you know, as, as they adopt this into something that's at a belief level, that this is true, that that's what I would call a fundamental level. You know, yeah. when you get to that level, it's not just cognitive. It's not just prefrontal cortex stuff going on. It's like, you know, this is true. This is the way it is. You know, which is it's an it's an emotional thing. So I don't know if that answered your question, but that's kind of the way I'm at it now. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I love that. I made a couple of notes uh, there because I, I want to ask you about a couple of the points you made there later on um, um, when we have our discussion, because there's a couple of things that really, really um, um, a couple of light bulbs went off in my head there. So, um, um, Tim, tell tell anybody listening today, where can people go to learn more about you, your work? And, and, and where can people go to hear more from you? Well, my, I guess, flagship, for lack of a better word, is verbal surgery. They, I'm the verbal surgeon, baby. Come on, let me inside <laughs> your head. I want to massage that frontal lobe. Give me that limbic system. Yeah, let's go. Cerebellum. Move body. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, verbalsurgery.com. Yesterday, I recorded my 336th episode. Can you believe that? Oh, my God, man. That's, that, is, like, that is incredible. It's taken, it seems <laughs> to have taken me forever to get to 10% of that. Um, that's incredible. <laughs> How many years have you been doing that? I think I'm at four years now when I started doing this. And I just I, 
I, I wanted to have a way to present what I thought hypno, hypnotic techniques were yeah. in, a, in, a, in a more mainframe thing. And yeah. so for, for me, like what I consider verbal surgery, again, it's ramping up emotions, telling stories. Uh, another thing I like to do that you'll see a lot in my podcast, and maybe you've noticed this and maybe you haven't. I don't know. It's something for you to – I like to do point of view changes. Right. So I'll say something like – and you may say to yourself, Tim's right. I am a champion. I am a winner. I can't get through this. I don't. So I, instead of coming at from you, 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 I switch that and start saying, and you may say to yourself this, and I, now I go into first person stuff. Yeah. When, when somebody is saying those in a first person mode, to me, it's another direct suggestion. <laughs> it is. It's going on in there. They're saying, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. The other thing I like to do uh, that, uh, so like for all you hypnotherapists out there that say, well, I can't do this in the street. Yeah, you can. You can, you can do those just compliments. You can tell a little story. Uh, you can say, you know, and I remember when I had this problem, I would say to myself, I can breathe easily or I can't, you know, whatever. And the other thing that I found that's, that uh, people can use even in a, in a quote-unquote non-hypnotic context yeah. is different pacing. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, this comes from Bandler and Gris. This is nothing I invented. But, you know, the whole idea that when you start talking in a different rhythm, that your brain begins to take attention in a new way. Just stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, you don't say, well, I'm, now I'm going to do hypnosis with you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's more like you just start, you, you, you ramp up their emotions. You start talking. In the, and, you know, I might say to myself, I can do this. And, th-. you know, you go into first person. You change the rhythm mm. of what you're saying. And it's just like all of this stuff is going in at a fundamental level. Those I statements, those changes of tempo and things. Uh, so I, I, that's why I found that, you know, it's the easiest to just immediately jump in and start using this stuff. So verbalsurgery.com, the podcast, when you go to that, uh, you'll see, I've got a link of uh, a list of my top 10 favorites currently. And then I'll have a list of, uh, you know, the ones I've been doing, but guys like you, Adam, (laughs) <laughs> I don't see you really needing verbal surgery, man. You're no, a, tell you like what, up there, but yeah, baby, let's go. You know, when so. we first, when you and I first met, I was so taken with you that I went and listened to loads, um, um, all at once, and I was listening to them when I was out running, and I was getting, uh, I, I was getting, you know, I was sprinting up hills. I was sprinting up hills too early in my runs because I was pumped. And yeah. Um, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, anybody listening, do go and listen to verbal surgery. It's, you know, you, you, you'll love it. You'll, you'll fall in love with Tim um, for sure. Um, um, now then, Tim, we are going to be back speaking some more in a short while. Thanks for that for now. And we'll be right back with Tim Cummins, everybody, in just a few short moments. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! 
I really enjoyed that interview with Tim. No other guest on the show before today has woohooed his way in and out of the interview. I loved that. And we'll be back with Tim for our professional discussion in a short while. Now let's have a look at this week's hypnosis in the news. I have two recent stories again this week, both raising very different issues for me. The first story, entitled Bedtime Story Uses Psychological Tricks to Get Kids to Sleep Faster. So this is the story that a best-selling book is being used to help get children to sleep at night. And I own a copy of this very book and my children do seem to respond quite well to it. This CBS News article and video clip suggests that the, the book induces a kind of hypnosis. That's their quote, induces a kind of hypnosis. And this is an interesting use of words because the book basically employs the indirect language patterns and embedded commands that are typical of Ericksonian approach to therapy. Many academics, however, refute whether Erickson's approach or the indirect style of wording suggestions actually works in the same way as hypnosis is described in some other models. Some opting, for example, for an explanation that would see it called indirect suggestion therapy rather than calling it hypnosis. However, that is a discussion for another day. Perhaps we'll get a strong Ericksonian proponent onto the podcast to discuss those kinds of details in more depth. However, the book is proving incredibly popular and the article states The Rabbit Who Wants to Fall Asleep, a self-published picture book written by Swedish author Carl Johan Forsen Erlin, employs psychological and positive reinforcement techniques to promote relaxation and induce sleep. The tale follows Roger the Rabbit, of which, you know, I can't help sniggering when anybody says the terms Roger the Rabbit. So the tale follows Roger the Rabbit and his mother as they journey to meet Uncle Yawn to help him find sleep. Along the way, they meet characters like Sleepy Snail and the wise, heavy-eyed owl who give Roger advice on how to fall asleep faster. And the key, as stated in the article, the key is the story's language patterns and sentence structure. And the author, Erlin, states... The entire story is focused on getting the child involved and to get the child to identify with Roger, who will fall asleep in the end. Um, and he told CBS News, the main goal is to keep the child focused on the goal of relaxation. One could say that this story is the verbal equivalent of rocking the baby to sleep. By the time that Roger reaches Uncle Yawn, he's already feeling tired. Magical sleeping powder ultimately does the trick and he can barely get home before falling asleep and getting a good night's rest. The book, with the words, I can make anyone fall asleep, emblazoned on a sign on the front cover, allows parents to personalise it by using the child's name, and it offers written cues for parents, such as encouraging them to yawn at the end of sentences, and telling them um, um, when to emphasise certain words. And... Um, uh, Dr. Umankanth Katwa, the director of sleep laboratories at Boston Children's Hospital, likened the book to gentle hypnosis. OK, why not? Why not? So interesting news there. Um, second story this time round is entitled Former New Tricks star Amanda Redman had five rounds of hypnotherapy to give up SIGs. And the word five, as in five rounds of hypnotherapy, is in capital letters. So this is the story that TV veteran Amanda Redman has told how she had to have five rounds of hypnotherapy to get her to quit smoking. 
I highlight this for a couple of reasons. You know, they've sort of made out that five is a lot, you know. Firstly, though, I would say, you know, it's great to get any celebrity endorsement of hypnosis again. Really great. However, the fact that five sessions were needed um, and the way it's emphasised in this particular article might cause some to question or think that that was a lot. And it's not necessarily. In fact, evidence suggests that more sessions for stopping smoking are actually better for those wishing to have long term results from this application of hypnotherapy. What's more, you know, stopping smoking, smoking cessation is not a simple approach with regards to hypnotherapy. It's quite advanced, despite, you know, that it's popularly uh, related to the field of hypnosis. And a lot of people associate the two. The research for using hypnotherapy to stop smoking suggests that success levels are not anywhere near as high as people might think. They are higher and better than nicotine replacement therapy, but not as impressive as some might imagine. That's slightly beside the point, and I've talked about that before. My other point, however, was that the article goes on to say the former New Trick star, 58, has been off fags for two years, but still uses e-cigs, saying tobacco is the best drug. She said, I've been off normal cigarettes for two years now, but it took the fifth round of hypnotherapy to properly get me off. It was really good and helped a lot. Now I'm just on these e-cigs. I love them. They are amazing. Tobacco is the best drug. Normal cigarettes just have all that S expletive word in them. Mm. Now, I'm not sure that this is the best advertisement. It's like saying, yeah, I'm off the whiskey now and I just drink vodka. Alcohol's the best drug. Or I'm off the cream cakes now and just scoff chocolate. Sugar is the best drug. It sort of made me wonder about the point of the entire article. I mean, what was the point to say? Anyhow, links to these stories are listed under this week's podcast entry on www.hypnosis-weekly.com. Next up, then, we have this week's professional discussion. I welcome back the effervescent, lively Tim Cummins, and I ask him about his levels of motivation, his endless energy, his manner. It's something I wanted to examine because I believe just being the way he is advances the efficacy of therapy, or at least has the potential to do so. It has the potential to advance therapeutic outcomes. It advances the way that people react and respond to hypnosis. And I wanted to explore that with Tim. So here is this week's professional discussion with Tim Cummins. Enjoy. So, I'm back with the one and only Tim yay, Cummins Yay, 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 um, um, whenever, whenever I've been with Tim, incidentally, he always applauds in, in that way that, that you cannot not smile. Um, <laughs> and and, and this, is, this, is, this is sort of one of the things I wanted to discuss here today, um, because I think there's some really valuable underpinning rationale to be learnt from from the way Tim is. Everyone that I ever encounter that's met Tim, knows him and and been one to one with him, um, um, you know, they comment upon his motivation, his enthusiasm, his drive, his high energy. Um, and, and it's so it's so endearing and you want to fall in love with it and, and you end up falling in love with it. And and so there's some things there that I want to explore and that I asked him if it was OK if him and I could explore that. And um, um, t- Tim, first up, tell me, have, have you always been like that? Well, uh, for the most part, I'm pretty enthusiastic and happy. My daughter, Ashley, I don't think you've met her. Ashley and I 
very, very similar. My son, you've met Jesse. Yep. We're similar, but in a different way. Ashley's yep. super enthusiastic, super extroverted, never met a stranger. Hey, baby, what's going on? Woohoo! You know, very similar to me. Whether my son is more on my cognitive side, let's think about this thing and let's really go into this in depth and let's, you know, let's go to the science and the math of this. So I like yeah. both, but, you know, uh, yeah, I've always been pretty enthusiastic and, and loud. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and so where do you think it comes from where do you think it comes from? I, I mean i mean do you th- i mean do you think it was just something you were born that way um, um or do you think it's been honed or it, you know it, it's a it's a combination of experience or, or well, you were taught to be that way or you know i've heard you speak adam i've uh, you know you're a wonderful host at the change phenomenon contra- you know conference yeah. and, and you were so funny that's what I loved was your humor. You know, the picture of you as the, uh, it was an Eagle Scout or whatever. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, cup, I, you know, I mean, I just, you were just cracking me up, you know. Uh, I was always kind of that way when I was a kid, too. Always the funny guy. I, I was always one of the smartest people in class. And if you're going to, you know, be the class clown, I highly advise be also the smartest guy because, you know, yeah. the teachers have a different take on you if you're witty than if you're just failing and you're just loud all the time you know they think oh that's kind of humorous uh uh, so you know i've always been like humor is a good tool to use and so that always made me kind of popular um and so i i've just always like people yeah i i was one of those guys in school that was friends with everybody it wasn't just like Here's the athletes, and here's the drama guys, and here's the choir guys, and here's the math people, and here's the whatever. I liked them all. I was friends with all of them. And I think that over the years, as I've studied, especially the last four years since I've been doing verbal surgery, I've become more and more impressed by how your language can change people. And and it's a it's a it's a What's the word I'm looking for, bro? It's like the more you do it, the more love you show to people. And that's my main message. You know, the default position, just be nice. Love people. Just love them. Just be in. That was my thing yesterday. Broadcast yesterday was the in zone in like, you know, in or out in zone, which was stay in love, you know, and stay in control of your emotions, not getting too out of whack, and then stay in touch. Because as you love people, there's this waves of love coming back at them. And, and you've, you've given me a tsunami of good feelings today just with your kind words. I can just see you running up a hill now, man. <laughs> you know. But, but as you love people, as you're kind to people, as you continue to tell them, listen, you're a winner, baby. You are a champion, and you can do this. And then you see this, this flood of emotions come back. It becomes this cycle. It's just over and over again where you the more you do this, the kinder you are to people, the more you help others. And this is the most counterintuitive thing. And I don't know if this is true in the UK, but it certainly is true here in the States, is this is a me culture. It's all about me. And I want you to do something for me. And when you do something for me, that's going to make me happy. Nothing could be further from the truth. If you really want happiness, it's service to other people, Adam. 
It's mm-hmm. when you love other people and when you help other people, whether it's you know care, holding the door for people, uh, you know helping them out with their bags, just being kind. The wave of love that comes from people when you do that, it just becomes this powerful circular thing of just wrapping me up more and more. And of course, when I get around people like you or Ant or Bob Burns, I mean, I'm always like, woohoo, yeah, baby, it's Adam Eason, man, let's go, man, you know. I'm a big fan of yours. You know, obviously, I'm going to get excited about that. But I found that I can learn something from everybody. Yeah. You you can teach me something. Just the guy there that's cleaning up the office, he could teach me something. And as I just remind them of how important they are, again, it's that reciprocation of all this love that comes back that just continues to just ramp me up, man, and just get me going and yeah. just remind them how awesome they are, baby. There is something. There is something so beautiful and true there you, you, you know that 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 by serving by serving your fellow man you know it, it does create happiness well-being and so much more other thing um I'm, you, you know I mean every time I've seen you you have been you've been you've dispensed positivity gifts as well and and gone out and and given people things you, you know I, I still have stuff in my wallet that you gave me <laughs> the first time we met in an East End pub um, yes. in, in Brick Lane a few years ago. And, 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 you know, every time I look at stuff, you know, it reminds me and it, and it gives me that. And, and I just think that's lovely. And, um, um, you know, do, do you ever run out of this? Tim, do you ever run out of your motivation, your enthusiasm and your drive? And, you know, how does how does that get picked up again? Or is it just kind of does it just sort of recycle itself as a result of the giving? Well, um, I'm trying to think. I don't think it ever runs out, honestly, to be completely true with you. You know, you think, well, why would a guy be motivated to do over 300 of these podcasts? It's because I get fired up, baby. When you hear those things, if it's like you're going to overcome this, I guarantee it's because I'm having some issue that I've got to overcome. You know, and those are always the best ones when I'm really yelling at myself and preaching to myself and reminding myself to do that. So whenever I start to kind of slide down, I guess, that's usually why I go out there and start doing more recording because it just kind of keeps me pumped up. Um, I, I think you should live life with enthusiasm. You know, we are living on this magnificent planet it is so beautiful. I, I'm a science and nature guy. I love rocks and trees and clouds and bugs and just everything you see interests me. I just think it's so beautiful. And we are living in a golden age, Adam. No telling how smart we would have been if we would have had smartphones when we were kids like my kids had. Yeah. You know, yeah. access to all this information, the neurology, the human genome project. I mean, we are living in an amazing age and suck it up, buttercup. Stop <laughs> thinking like that. It, you know, just remember, man, we are living in the best day ever. And let's not forget that. In fact, you know, when I do my when I do my conferences with all these youth groups that come and help us do community development, I'll have this hundred people or however many people, right? They're sitting in this thing, and I'll come up to them very seriously, and I'll say, listen, I really only have one question for you. Are you ready for the best day ever? And I do that clap, and I have everybody going like that. Best day ever. Best day ever. Best day ever. Best day over and over again. I'm running around there being Ashley clapping with the best day. You know, you can't help but get wound up, brother. 
when you are around me. Just because I'm just thinking, man, we are so lucky. I am sitting here with Adam Eason in the UK talking to him. What? Using satellite technology. What? <laughs> you know, later on today, we've just started a new podcast, me and Jesse and Ant, called the Discussion Group on Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to that at 3 o'clock. Me, Andy, Jack, with Jesse going at it. We're going to talk about reality, nature of reality, and virtual reality. It's going to be great. So I just, it's just like, I think about all my friends. You know what I'm learning? I, it's just, oh man, it's just awesome. Life is so good, man. As I'm looking at your picture and thinking about you, Super Marathon Man, you Gary Turner, what the heck? You know, you guys are models and heroes to us, bro. You know, for us r- five-mile running guys, when I think about all these things you've done, you know, I mean, I just, it just makes me feel good. Good, Adam. You know what I'm saying? And I dig being around people. And I will say this, too, on another note. I don't know. Have you ever – Have you ever? I don't know if you've met Jay Noblezad or not. He was a good friend of ours from San Diego. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, I've not met him. I've exchanged some emails yeah. with him, and um, um, lots of people talk about him. Yeah, Jay's a really good friend. In fact, it was four days – four years ago today I was in San Diego with all the head hackers and them. But one of the things he said was, Tim, you got to use the no moron rule. I went, no moron rule. He says, listen, if these guys are going to act like a moron, they're going to be super critical, they're going to be negative about everything, you're not required to hang out with them. And I got to say, I, I got to play that card too sometimes. You know, I love them. I'll be nice to them, but I exit stage left as soon as I can. There's no, there's no upside for hanging around people that are constantly critical, mean, and just, you know. And we all know people like that, but we're not obligated to hang around them. Brother. Well, being, I'd much better hang with Adam Eason. Yeah, <laughs> baby, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, but, but, you know, being able to recognize those people that are a drain, you know, is 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 hugely valuable, I think. You know, I talk about it a lot in my work. Um, um, people that sort of pull you off in the wrong direction and send you in the wrong kind of spirals. Um, um, and, and, you know, the main reason that I wanted to to sort of spark this this conversation right now with you was because you know earlier on earlier on you spoke about belief and about you know people having belief invested in their thoughts and and in the way they are and and belief invested in 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 change and being capable of change and i think that there is some real therapeutic benefit to be had by having this this level of unerring enthusiasm, motivation, drive and energy, because I think that instills belief and that creates belief um, and makes you believable when you're, you know, that, that what you were talking when we were doing the interview earlier, you were talking about the way in which you were communicating to the lady um, um, in the queue in in the superstore and you know you know i just loved to hear that what, what what do you think on that tim what are your thoughts do you think that 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 that, that i'm onto something there or do you think that's nonsense well no i think it's absolutely true the only reason i was hesitating at all and i, I want to get your opinion on this too it seems like in the uk people are just generally more reserved sure and so but i've i've never had anybody tell me to my face, you need to calm down. You know, you're you're too loud. I'm sure they may say it behind my back, but they don't generally do that to them. I like to put it like this. You are your own director. You are running your movie. 
And it is just as easy for you to tell a different story and tell yourself, listen, I'm going to use Tim Cummins and Adam Easton as models. And when I go into this therapy, whatever, wherever therapy starts and stops, I am going to go into full-on Tim Cummins mode. <laughs> that may not be easy for you, but I don't know. You know. But I, I think there's something to be said for, it, it sounds bad, the whole idea of fake it till you make it. Listen, you may not feel that enthusiastic. You may not feel like this may work, but you have to at least act like it. And then when you start seeing that it does work, then that belief system becomes like integrated because you know it does work because I just saw it work. And right? it's much more likely to be actualized when you start to adopt it, even if you are acting it. You that, know, you know, it when people act, they take on facets of what they've acted at. Absolutely, man. And I and I don't think it's that hard. No, I I tell you why I I think most people don't, and it's because of two reasons. One is they're they're afraid of any kind of change. Mm. They've probably had some su- success with doing it the way they did it, and so they feel like if they try to change something like move away from scripts, for instance, mm. you know, uh, that they may get a you know not get the level. And the other one is just fear. The whole idea of Listen, I am of the belief, Adam, that you can make drastic changes in your life. Mm. And a lot of times it just takes giving them permission to make those changes. But when you say, listen, you can do this. This is, this is absolutely possible. That's one of the things I think it's good about, uh, you know, if you've actually experienced some of these problems. And no, listen, this is how it's helped me. That kind of evidence, you know, I, I think is hard to refute yeah Uh, so if you're you know my my feeling is just try it just try to be you know just like channel adam or tim and just like yeah baby you know uh, it's like before i do any episode of verbal surgery it was funny because you were kind of doing it before we started recording. You were like rubbing your hands together and stuff like this. I do the fist thing. I, I, you know, I get my right fist and I, yeah, baby, yeah, and I shake that. Yeah, baby, let's go. To, come on, baby, we got to do this best whatever. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I hit record. So I'm already pumped in. So, you know, before that person comes in that door to see you, just try that. Just imagine you're on that big football field or soccer field, you know, and you're getting ready. You just you just scored the big goal and everybody in the whole place is like, yeah, we won, we won, we won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. Hi, I'm Adam Eason. You know, (laughs) uh, I think it can make a difference. Put yourself in that mindset of all these people cheering you on. What a winner you are. How awesome you are. And you say to yourself, I can't do this. I did this before. I know I could do this. I've got the training and by we're going to go at this thing, man. We're going to give them the very best. I tell you, here's, here's another thing I always say. is When I get up in front of that group, I will tell them. I say, listen, I have done this presentation hundreds of times. But before we start, my daughter and I, I tell her, listen, today is going to be the best time we've ever done this before, ever. And we, if you go at it, like this time with my session with this person, I am going to do the best I've ever done in my life. I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to really watch what their body language is saying. I'm going to try some new things. I'm going to just be as as close to 10 on the intensity scale that I can be. Let me tell you, that makes a huge difference, bro. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I think it works. So and, you know, 
You know, one of the things, uh, one of the things from my own perspective is that you know when we, when we are, um, when we when we have invested belief in in the way in which we're being, and when we are being a certain way with 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 our clients, for example, you know, hypnosis and hypnotherapy clients or people that we're wanting to to work with in some capacity with with hypnosis, um, it, it's you know very often that the science side of it says well look standardization of techniques means that you can just say this stuff however you want you can just do it or you can give do a recording or get a robot to say it but the one thing i think that that that, that we have the opportunity to do in real life as opposed to and just stepping aside from the standardization of treatments is 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 to be you know, do everything we can to be Tim Cummins positive, to be driven and motivated and, and, and have a high level that pulls people in that direction. You know, evidence shows that a good working alliance, a good working Absolutely. alliance and rapport advances efficacy of treatment. Absolutely. So, 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 you know, regardless of if you have got a standardized treatment, for example, a standardized protocol that's going to work anyway, you can set it alight. You can bring it to life and advance the results and advance the e- efficacy by being that way. Why just rest on those those laurels? Why not put some of yourself into it? Let those people feel like you want them to get better Absolutely. and help them. Um, and you know, you know, if if uh, if people pick up nothing else from from all the value that you've offered up today please please let them take that and let them take the value of investing some of yourself and your energy and your and and and, and you know caring for yes. the people the recipients of your words and the people that are in your vicinity and around you that can feel that and thrive on that amen i totally get that yeah that's awesome man and that's why you're the winner that you are and the role model and mentor and teacher to so many hundreds of people, Adam, is because you, as I'm looking at your face and look at that sweet smile, I mean, I'm hard-pressed to think when you weren't looking like that. You've got that enthusiasm. You've got that smile. You're a people person, Adam, that I can tell cares about who's sitting in front of you. And I think that needs to be the default position. If you don't care, then get out of the business, all right? Just yeah. stop doing that because if you don't care about them – you know, just going through the machinations is not going to do it, in my humble opinion. You know, it, it starts with co- love and concern, with concern for people, and at least yeah. that's my humble opinion. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, I listened to an audio by a fellow U.S. guy who, who I really like. Um, um, he's, no, he's, he's not a therapist or anything. He's a business developer, a guy called Brendan Bouchard. Um, and, and some of his mantras are always, um, who and how can I love more? Who, who and how can I serve? And am I demonstrating bold enthusiasm? Am I being present while I'm doing right. that? And and you know what? Every time I, I hear him talk about that stuff, every time I hear him discuss it, always I'm thinking, Tim, Tim Cummins. Yeah, right. uh, absolutely. You know, that, that, that. That, that's who you are and how you are. Tim, we, we run out of time. We're there with our time. Thank you so much for oh, coming. And being part. I feel a bit like today's podcast has been like a pep talk that I needed. I feel like I've been on the receiving end of a motivational talk. I feel pumped to go and do Amen, some baby. to go and do some good in the world as a result of having you here today. Um, so thank you, thank you so much. 
Well, you're sure welcome, Adam. You're a hero to so many of us, uh, not just from hypnosis, but your physical marathons and stuff for runners like me. I mean, you know, I always look up to guys like you and Gary, and uh, I've been looking forward to this for a long time, and I hope we've had, done some things that could be helpful to other people out there too, bro. Masses, masses. Everybody listening, the one and only Mr. Tim Cummins. Thank Woo-hoo! you, Tim. Woo! Yeah, baby. Love you, Adam. Take care, Thank buddy. Thank you. Really, really enjoyed that discussion. Some fascinating information there, but also, you know, some some great insight into being a very particular way and how it influences and affects those around us. Um, Very pertinent as far as therapy is concerned and hypnosis. Um, As a side note, you know, I spoke to Tim after the recording and I told him, you know, I was heading in to have dinner with my family and I was going to be happier and in a much better mood um, um, with all of them as a result of my discussion with him and thanks to him. And part of that discussion genuinely felt like he was giving me a motivational speech, a pep talk. I loved it. And when we were first chatting before recording, because my Skype picture um, has me in a running vest, Tim kept telling me how awesome I looked in it uh, with that smile on my face. Uh, Likewise, and as a result, I spent the entire time whilst recording with a smile on my face. It was uh, a thoroughly enjoyable experience. A link to Tim's website features uh, this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website. So, welcome back, Hypnosis Fact of the Week. Hypnosis Fact of the Week this week is, hypnosis has been shown to create biochemical changes in the blood. Mm, Interesting stuff. A few studies have specifically examined biochemical changes in the blood following hypnosis and or hypnotic suggestions. And The approach to eliciting changes has generally relied on a procedure of using hypnotically induced emotional states. So studies by Vandenberg in the 90s, Black and Friedman in the 60s, Zachary and colleagues in the 90s, and even Sabrino and colleagues in the early 2000s um, have examined changes in blood biochemistry with regards to this. There's currently only some meagre evidence for the potential of hypnosis to produce these biochemical changes in the blood but there is something there that shows it can happen even assuming that further research can reveal consistent patterns of response to sort of hypnotically induced emotions you know that's that's useful that's wonderful to know as far as I'm concerned you know that uh, we're able to make real life physiological changes at levels you know that are biochemical fascinating stuff um do go read around that if you're interested um i do have many more exciting guests that i'm going to be welcoming to hypnosis weekly in coming weeks we'll be discussing debating celebrating and above all remaining friends now to repeat all the references made in the discussions along with related links are posted at each episode on the hypnosis weekly website www.hypnosis-weekly.com i'm away next week as i'm teaching a class an intensive class all week so this podcast will return in a couple of weeks time when we'll be featuring mr nick kemp and we'll be exploring his provocative change works approach I absolutely welcome your thoughts, comments, suggestions and questions. So do please message me or add them on the Hypnosis Weekly website and I'll make sure they are addressed, answered and explored accordingly. 
Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else and really help us reach the hypnosis field. My thanks again to the wonderful Mr. Tim Cummins and my thanks to you for tuning in. My name is Adam Eason. This has been Hypnosis Weekly. Until next time, goodbye for now. Thank you.